The, I heard that even with a very small piece of the liver left, it, the whole thing can grow back. Sixty-six. A new challenger approaches. Is that the saying? Is that is that what it says? New challenger approaching. That's the official term. Uh, as always, I am the awkward and uh, stunted Derek, and uh, with me today is uh, uh, you may remember him from such episodes as uh, our E three special part one, uh, or the one where he won a contest and we didn't get him his prize for seventeen years. Uh, Jake. Jake uh, is back with us. Um, he's going to be guesting a little bit over the next little while uh, as a host on this Geekscape Games podcast. How are you doing, Jake? Uh, pretty good, thanks. Uh, it's good to be back. You sound crisp and clear and much louder than your last time on the podcast, and I appreciate that. You're welcome. I bought a special mic just for this. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, just for this and next week when Geekscape Games will be a attending PAX West for all four days. Um, so myself, uh, Courtney, Michaela, and also Jake will find themselves in Seattle uh, playing some games, doing some interviews, um, recording some podcasts of impressions of a lot of games, I'm sure, based on the amount of emails that I've seen. Um, I'm very excited for that how are you how are you feeling about packs i also feel very stressed out about it because it's so soon and there's so much to do i feel like and uh, uh i'm working straight through until thursday when we leave for seattle so uh yeah i also am working straight through and uh, i'm feeling okay i found my passport it's still valid i, I think we're good <laughs> um i'm super excited for packs i've never been to any of these conventions before uh, aside from blizzcon last year mm. That's pretty. That's how big is BlizzCon though compared to PAX? I feel like BlizzCon seems like it would be bigger. Is that wrong though? I I don't know. I don't have anything to compare mm. it to. Um, how big? How big is BlizzCon? An amount of people. I I don't know. Um, how many? How many giant creatures can you ride at BlizzCon and take photo ops with? Zero. They had oh, some statues wow. though. That mm -hmm. was cool. But the, the difference is, is like BlizzCon is one publisher, one studio. Mm -hmm. Right, so it's all Blizzard related. You don't have those different like vendor booths. I think like I'm expecting to see at PAX. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a very different experience inside. Yeah, um, yeah I could see that. So we'll see. Uh, I'm super excited to see you guys. Uh, see Courtney. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be a super fun trip. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And with that, I think that I mean I think the first thing we should talk about is a little bit somber actually. Um, before we get into what we've been playing or the news or anything like that. Um, we're recording this Sunday afternoon. Um, it's not the middle of the night for <laughs> one of the first times ever, but uh, we're in a spot where just a couple of hours ago during a uh, EA-sanctioned Madden uh, NFL 19 tournament over in Jacksonville, Florida, um, somebody open-fired and... Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's a, it's another mass shooting uh, for the United States. Um, it's still very much a developing story, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that we should really say too much about it while everything is still being figured out. Um, 
As of right now, law enforcement has confirmed that there have been multiple fatalities, including the suspected shooter. Um, potentially some, you know, it, it's a huge tournament. So celebrity gamers and streamers were down there um, for this event. And um, yeah, it, unfortunately, it was uh, something that ended up being inadvertently streamed to, to Twitch as well, because naturally this uh, event was being streamed. Um, so thousands and thousands of people watching this um i kind of hit play on an out of context clip as i was kind of reading about it and wasn't expecting it and um uh, it's it cuts out very quickly but you hear some audio from it and like i don't know that like without seeing anything and just hearing what was happening for three or four seconds like i've never felt my stomach drop so hard potentially like it was i, I it's going to be something that sticks with me for a while and and those it's, it's floating all over the web and i would uh implore you to not hit that play button uh because it's quite uncomfortable and um but oh it's um i don't know it's i i, I don't know what to say it's pretty terrible um uh ea has come out with a little quick statement that has have basically stated that you know this is absolutely terrible and um you know they don't have anything more to say at this time because everything is still obviously being like it's still like an active crime scene down there at this point and uh um but they're working with law enforcement to try to figure out just what was happening um yeah basically they stated we're aware of an incident at the sanctioned madden championship series competition in jacksonville uh, we are working with authorities to gather facts at this stage this is a horrible situation and our deepest sympathies go out to all involved um yeah that's uh i i don't know i feel like this this sort of thing of course seems to happen quite frequently in uh the united states and uh I don't know. I, I feel like this is the this is a type of event or a type of gathering that has been largely excluded from that this sort of event um, for a mm -hmm. long time. And you know, I know that f for a while, I've I've felt like it's only a, it's only a matter of time type thing until something hits a convention or an expo or a, you know, in this case, a gaming tournament. And um, it seems like unfortunately today was that day. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's pretty terrible i i don't really know what else to say about it but um uh yeah it's super sad and depressing and um i i i just hope it's <laughs> that there's not you know i hope there wasn't too many fatalities and um that something can eventually change as these numbers keep going up and up and up but i don't know yeah <laughs> and that was episode 166 so no Good night, uh, everybody. <laughs> yeah right how do you come back from that um uh. yeah yeah it was almost like i was i don't know i was like do we even record something like is it i don't know how do we till next week yeah like how i don't know that's obviously there's nothing as big as that and it, it feels weird to be like oh a bunch of people just died today but what games have you been playing but um yeah but uh yeah it's i don't know you gotta say now, something i guess now i feel weird and mm -hmm. awkward but jake what games have you been playing i don't play video games anymore um i've had a kind of a stressful past couple of weeks so i haven't really had a whole lot of downtime but i did uh soft mod my ps3 the other day that's kind of cool. Mm. Um, Tell me about that. Uh, so I was kind of itching to do a little bit of streaming, and um, I was feeling 
like I wanted to try out some some games that aren't uh, available uh, in Region One in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh yeah, region locking used to be a thing, huh? Yeah, and back in the day, we didn't have the same uh, region as Japan, which has changed with uh, with Blu-ray. Uh, so I wanted to play some Japanese games, and there was no easy way for me to to do that. I, I actually do think that the PS3 will play Japan region discs, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Either way, I decided that I was going to uh, void my warranty for my very warranty PS3. <laughs> your warranty for your 10 year old PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, um, but I also wanted to see if I could do some PS2 emulation on it um, because it's a slim model, and you're not supposed to be able to do that. Uh, coincidentally, it does work sort of, kind of. Um, so I spent the you know, day before yesterday, I think I spent a couple of hours, um, doing that. Uh, I played a couple of PS2 games very briefly just to see how it worked. Um, but I haven't really had time to dig in just yet. It was pretty cool. So was it like a, like how involved or tough was that process and then how, how like user friendly are the, cause does it, what, what does it allow you to do? So it lets you obviously region unlock it. Are you able to just essentially download PS2 ROMs at that point and play them? Yeah, so it'll load um, PSX, PS2 ISOs, uh, PS3 ISOs. Uh, it looks like you can do your own disc backups, which is nice. I've mm. got some uh, bunch of disc games I'd like to, to rip so I don't burn out my uh, my Blu-ray drive. Nice. Th- those are kind of what I was looking for mm-hmm. um, for me. Uh, looks like you can also play uh, Blu-ray ISOs. Uh, okay. Uh, all retro games, of course, um, as you would expect. It'll run RetroArch and any of the cores involved with that. But yeah, it'll play retro games. It will play uh, any of the retro arc cores, okay, uh, as cool. far as I've seen. Um, I don't think it's quite as um, useful as, say, modding your Wii or your Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, the library might be better on a Nintendo console in that sense. Um, but for somebody like me that you know has kind of niche interests, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of nice to be able to, to load that stuff on the PS3 and play some older older niche titles that I wouldn't normally be able to play. And it's cool when you have like, like that console's probably just been sitting there and kind of giving it new life at that point as well. Oh, absolutely. I feel like it's always versus recycling it or, or, you know, getting $4 for it at GameStop or EB games in this country. But, uh, uh, you know, like giving it new life instead of just getting rid of it. Cause of course that's like, you know, if you bought that close to launch, like that console has been with you for a third of your life or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, um, that was that's, a long generation. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty substantial. Like that was the first HD think, console. Well, and I think it's the first real, like that, like the PS3 slash Wii. Those were the first consoles that I bought with my own money. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm now a young teen or a, a teenager and I have a job and I'm going to save up the exorbitant amount of money, especially for the PlayStation three uh, and wait, like, you know, me and some friends camped outside of Walmart for the Wii launch. And that's something that didn't appear necessary for any other generation. Actually, I guess I had, a, I did that for the PS4 as well. Actually, okay, we camped out for that, but that was just until midnight. But um, I feel like you get like a, like, I don't know myself anyways, I feel like I get, a little bit more attached to that stuff because it was like, like that was a big moment. Like that was a big oh. moment was like, I've saved up for this. I, you know, I'm, I'm a teenager, so I can't make bad decisions with a credit card yet. Um, and like, I, you know, you're, you're getting this thing on the day it comes out and, and it's cool to, to give that more life instead of just, uh, just throwing it away or whatever. 
Yeah, uh, not this PS3, but my my long term PS3 that uh, crapped out on me a couple of years ago. Mm. Uh, that was uh, the first thing that I bought when I got a real job. Mm. Was like like a paycheck in, I think, because I was living at home at the time. I was like, you know yeah. what? I want a PS3. I want to play Metal <laughs> Gear Solid Four. I'm gonna go of do course. it right now. Yeah, because I'd never had one, and the PS3 had been out for like three or four years at that point. Okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So I. You know, that console's been with me for a long time, so it's nice mm-hmm. to give it that new lease on life. Um, and the modding process wasn't that bad. It certainly mm-hmm. wasn't, like, um, Wii U easy or Wii easy, um, where you had, like, automatic installers for all oh, that yeah. stuff. One oh. just such a huge community that they've made all the tools, like, you plug it in and click a button or whatever. And you're done. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, uh, it feels like the PS3 seems a little bit more young in that sense. Um there's a bunch of different releases for custom firmware. Mm-hmm. There's not really a gold standard. Um, you know, they still kind of have the the edgy red and black, you know, websites and the, the firmware colors and stuff. Um, whereas with the, the Wii and the Wii U, it was very, like, stock-alike looks. Um, but it was fairly straightforward. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a web exploit to dump the, the, the firmware so that you have okay. a, a backup copy. And then you can run the web exploit with uh, with a USB in there to load the custom firmware. Okay, uh, it works on the newest up to date firmware. It's pretty pretty straightforward. Do they have like like is there much risk to it? Like is there tools to like dump your NAND or whatever before you do too much in case you yeah. damage it or yeah yeah. So the first step is is to do a a dump like that uh, a NAND dump, but it looks like you can you can still brick it pretty quickly after that fact. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have to flash the official firmware twice prior to doing it just to make sure that it's okay. you know loaded properly and that you don't run into any issues it's still very much a you know if you run into an issue don't restart your ps3 come on the forums post about it and then we can step through it oh no way wow yeah um luckily i didn't run into any of that mm-hmm. um so that that's kind of been me the past couple of days mm-hmm. i always have a lot of fun doing that stuff oh, i yeah. like i feel like whether it's you know i did like a little retro pie thing with a raspberry Pi that, um, that I got. And I did something similar with my Wii U. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I can play rogue squadron and <laughs> whatever. And so I would spend like days setting all this stuff up and perfecting it and getting the yep. themes that like looked the cleanest. And, um, I actually did. I, I soft modded my switch a few weeks ago as well because, uh, you know, retro, like it's like, that seems like it's a, it's obviously a very young platform, but it seems like they've come quite far in what you can do with that as well so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of, there's retro, there's a retro arc build and there's cores for almost like, it seems like a vast majority of the, the retro consoles. Um, and so spent some time, you know, putting all that stuff together. And um, the, you know, the first game I tried was a PlayStation game and that's still a bit rough at this point. So I tried to play Tony Hawk's pro skater, um, just relive my glory days. Uh, and those, the PlayStation games seem to run at about 20 ish frames per second. So yeah. not super, you know, might, that, not that, might, that could be fine for like an RPG or something like that, maybe, but a game like Tony Hawk is basically not playable. Uh, you know, the soundtrack is three quarters of that title and, and with it clipping in and out like that, it wasn't the most fun, but you know, I loaded up a few other titles on there, uh, Pokemon fire red and um, super Metroid and stuff just to kind of see how they played. And those felt fantastic. And, um, it's kind of one of those moments where it was like, give me a fucking virtual console or I'll make my own. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's, 
that that was pretty easy too. But yeah, I feel like I love setting that stuff up and get super invested in it and then literally never touch it. Like I've played my RetroPie machine like twice and the Wii U, I played Rogue Squadron once and <laughs> spent like three <laughs> days setting all that stuff up. So I love the idea of it, but then I never actually use it. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just another way of putting more games on a backlog or something like that. Um, except in this case, it's like, oh, I want I played this game when I was ten and I loved it, so I want to play this game again. But you don't. Have Doesn't that. hold up. No. Yeah, I, I get the same way. Uh, I actually had a date that the same night that I decided that I was going to do this, and I actually had to say, hey, if I get distracted into trying to mod my PS3, you need to tell me to stop because I'm going to just <laughs> like sit here and do this, and you're going to be, you know, twiddling your thumbs. Yeah. So, uh, I, I totally understand that. Um, did you hear about Nintendo uh, upping their their bans for for modded switches? Uh, I did. Yes. Yes. So yes. they, from what I've read, and it's like the community. It's still they. You, they it's still hard to see, and and they're not entirely sure exactly what will constitute a ban. Mm-hmm. Like if they discover that you ha- are running a custom firmware is that enough for a ban or is it only if you're playing pirated titles um and then you know the logs get sent back to nintendo and it's like hey this console doesn't have permission to play an eShop copy of this game mm-hmm. they must be pirating it you're banned or whatever and uh when those bans started it was i think it was just you would get blocked in terms of you couldn't access the eShop and stuff anymore but games could still be updated and uh firmwares could still be updated and everything like that um but apparently at least some people are getting a ban like a deeper ban that's banned right to the level of the content delivery network and so Mm uh so updates like your console just can't connect to nintendo anymore which stops you from getting firmware updates and stuff like that um which that from what i've read there might be some legal stuff there because like part of the license in terms of like you're you're against the terms of service so they can block you from being able to like get games and stuff like that but something to do with firmware updates might be a different thing entirely um just in terms of like now if i go and buy a game that requires a firmware higher than the one that i have i have no way of getting that potentially um so there's some stuff there and i have like i haven't done i haven't done any of that stuff on the switch like i'm not super interested in that but um it's to the point where like the day i decided okay i'm gonna look at putting these gba titles on my switch i disconnected my switch from the internet and it hasn't Mm -hmm. been on since and i mean at this point there hasn't been a a huge uh reason to have your switch connected either aside from firmware updates or whatever um and you know with the online service officially launching in september um it you know 20 NES games doesn't really do that much for me and most of the games i've played on switch have been either single player i'm only interested in the single player or the local multiplayer so i at this point in the near future anyways i don't have a lot wouldn't have a lot of reason to put the switch up back online anyways so mm-hmm. but yeah it was super easy it was uh yeah. i need it yeah you order like a so and it's something the new new consoles are now patched for it but right. everything prior to that it's like a hardware exploit that um has to do with the tegra chip that's inside of it and so you you can either use a paper clip or you can order this little like dongle for a dollar off ebay and it slides down into the rail like the rail of the right joy con oh, yeah. and then basically when you 
power the switch on, it puts it into like an, a recovery mode and then you connect it via USB. There's a little app and you press a button and it delivers the payload or whatever. So it's right now it's like a tethered, um, tethered custom firmware. So each time if you were to fully power off the switch, which I don't know that many people ever really do, if you were mm-hmm. to fully power it off, you have to plug it into the computer momentarily again. But that whole process takes about 15 seconds or so to from being off to being up and running type thing. Cause the actual custom firmware or the data for it's on your SD card. It just needs that piece delivered in order to like unlock it essentially. So, right. um, but it's pretty smooth. And for something that's so early, like I can't wait to see what comes from that in the future. Like, like I think up to that point, like I just having all that stuff portably is I think a big thing mm-hmm. and super cool because as cool as the retro arc stuff and all of the different options for the Wii U were like, I think the console that, you know, I kind of modded in order to play other older stuff or whatever that really got the most use for me was the place the playstation portable yeah because it was so easy and everything ran so well and you know you could play neo geo pocket color and everything like that which i was still you know super into at the time and i didn't understand why it failed and i still don't understand me either (laughs) card card fighters clash is uh best game of all time i think so yeah, we'll have to see how Nintendo's uh, online service really goes over the next couple of years. Um, at least for me, I feel if that uh, if that doesn't really pan out, then then modding my Switch might be up in the, up in the cards. Mm-hmm. But uh, but we'll see. They might pull yeah. through. Uh, I yeah. bought most of my games digitally, so okay, yeah. I, I feel like I, I'm kind of stuck now a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, but on the plus side, everything's already portable for me, so it's not a big deal. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Uh, what else? I've been playing Diablo three. Uh, working on the season, what, 14? Whew. It's like Grey's Anatomy up there. Yeah. Yeah, let's look at season 14. Um, Grey's, is it like Grey's Anatomy where it's uh, past its prime and doesn't make sense anymore? Or is it still... Uh... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's kind of nice. So I you know, start a brand new character and work through all the, all the season goals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a time killer for the evenings, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, What are you playing on? Are you playing on PC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it have cross-platform? Not as far as I'm aware. That'd be cool, though, especially with the Switch release coming. Well, and I, f- I feel like I read that they were exploring that for the Switch version. Oh, that'd be nice. And in which case, if they were, I have to imagine it would come to everything but PS4 as well. Um, <laughs> as is tradition. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, unless they change their mind. Uh, I um, doubt it. Um, I do know that the Xbox and the PC builds of Diablo 3 are completely different as far as how they control. Mm, okay. Um, the Xbox version, um, obviously because you don't have a mouse to use, uh, there's a dedicated, as far as I, as far as I know, there's a dedicated dodge button. I, I think that is the case. I, yeah. I, the mechanics are a little different. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it may not work with PC crossplay, but you might see Xbox and Switch crossplay. Mm-hmm. Well, but, and at the same time, like, would there be like because it's not a competitive game right like you're no like you're cooperating so even if okay i have a dedicated dodge button whereas well so what how do you dodge on the pc then oh you don't oh you don't yeah that feature is non-existent and the ui has been completely revamped for the xbox i assume for the switch so like they are very different forks of the same diablo game okay yeah yeah when I, I feel like, so I've only played on the console and I've not played much. I've played a few hours, but that is like, I remember trying to play like 
Cause did the did one of the other Diablo games get a console like PlayStation? Uh, I think Diablo like PS like PS One release or something like that, and it was fucking awful. Um, but the like Diablo Three feels fucking perfect on a console to the point where having played it on a like I don't know, I don't know if there would be an advantage to like like trying to use a mouse and keyboard because the the controller feels so good it feels just built for that um which is great that's really a testament to what blizzard did there because i know like a lot of those games don't work that well with a controller and are like feel home only feel home on a mouse and keyboard with a mouse and keyboard and mm-hmm. um i didn't feel that at all in diablo 3 so and i very much very frequently i'm like i should play diablo 3 some more because mm. it's got fucking couch co-op and it's so much fun and that's even like like it's been out for a long time and mm-hmm. uh, that was one of the f- the earliest xbox three six, xbox one games that we got um actually our friend uh mike duddy gifted it to me um so he would have someone to play with, and we've never played it together. So I'm sorry for that. But oh, he did the same thing with me with uh, <laughs> the, that zombie game that just came out on the Xbox. Have you played it together? No, I don't even think I've redeemed the code yet. <laughs> we're terrible people. We are. We're sorry, Mike. We're we sorry, love Mike. you. But yeah, yeah, it's one of those games where I'm like, I need, we need to put more time into this. Mm-hmm. But we, oh. but we never will because backlogs. Yeah, but the Switch version has a four-player coach co-op, so you know we get a whole bunch of us together and do it. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And with like, and just like, I feel like the Joy Cons just make that so nice too, because it's just like, oh, here's, oh, what you want to play? Here's half my controller. Like, yeah, we'll I'll see. Just, we'll just both be really uncomfortable holding well, these that, tiny, that's the thing, tiny right? rectangles. Yeah. But at least we're doing it together. Mm-hmm. They need to yeah. sell like a jumbo Joy Con for for adult <laughs> players and Mike Duddy, so that we can all play comfortably. Mm. Just Duke sized, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it only uh, has like nest buttons on it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be pretty funny. What have you been playing? So I played a bit of stuff. Um, uh, I think I mentioned it last week, but Graveyard Keeper has been a um, negative experience on my life oh. uh, for the past little while. Can you tell me about it? Because I didn't listen last week. Yeah, it's fuck it. So it's this game, and I had never heard of it until I started getting a couple. You know, I got a press release about it, like, "Hey, Graveyard Keeper's coming out this week," and you know, it's the most insane like medieval graveyard keeping simulator ever. And I was like, maybe it's the first graveyard keeping simulator, <laughs> but uh, you know, whatever. It looked looked okay. I wasn't. That, it was uh, like I only saw that it was for PC, so whatever. I can't. I don't have a PC that can really play games very well. Um, and uh then the day it came out it hit xbox game pass as well um so i was you know i'm a big fan of xbox game pass uh mm-hmm. for just 9.99 a month you could play hundreds of uh new and classic games i feel like that sounded like an ad yeah are they sponsoring this episode i wish they should be uh i wish we could figure that out maybe after the marketing panel at pax west oh maybe Ooh. um but anyways so it's this it's very akin to stardew valley like it's got okay. that pick it's got those pixel art graphics um you are it, it ha it feels like it has more of a story though like there are specific objectives that you're working towards um you basically i mean it's not really a spoiler because it's in the first two minutes but you are not from the medieval times you are you know you're crossing the street you're on your cell phone a car hits you you die you wake up in this medieval time and there's this talking head and he's like oh hey you're the graveyard keeper now like you gotta keep this graveyard and so there's this graveyard in a state of disrepair and uh you basically have to like your goal is to try to get home and so 
kind of you get a goal and it's like this probably will get me home pretty quickly but you have to do all these things in order to kind of get to that point and so um part of it is like like so you are in this graveyard there's also a church in the same place but that church is closed because the graveyard and everything is so dilapidated and so is that how that works i think so i think i'm pretty sure so (laughs) so if if my graveyard gets too overgrown they just close the church down well because like why would i want to go to that church be like with the shitty graveyard when these like scientology guys have tom cruise Um, Is, is this how we solve organized religion in the 21st century just wherever tom cruise goes i'll go that's worked out really well for a lot of people right um they got all those what are they prion no that's the mad cow thing <laughs> what, are, what, are, what are they called uh, oh, i can't remember uh st- something something star uh, wars xenu <laughs> volcanoes i can't remember <laughs> Uh, anyways, so the, on one day of the week, you meet like the bishop and he's like, Hey, your graveyard sucks. So we close the church, but if you can get your graveyard like a bit better, we can open it again. And so, um, so you dig graves and put bodies in the graves and you have to like, you can decorate the graves with like gravestones and grave fences made of different materials. Um, and that like gives you a plus or a minus to that grave specifically and so you get like a grave rating um and once your rating's high enough the church opens and so you can do sermons and stuff like that which help like you know at the end of church it's like oh give us your money and so they'll donate which helps you obviously helps you get further in the game but it's so it's like just like stardew it's very much like oh just one more day just one more day just one more day like i just want to i just want to go finish that thing and there's always a thing to fucking like oh i'm working with wood but i'm so close to being able to make stone gravestones instead and so maybe i'll just play until that and then it's like oh i gotta do this thing to get to that thing to get to that thing so i'm just gonna play for a little bit longer uh it's to the point where the other day i was like um i was i was pretty sick for a couple days this week so i had a couple days off work and at one point i you know i got up got out of bed was like hey you know i'm gonna play i'm gonna play fallout 4 for a little bit um you know i've was kind of on a fallout kick a couple weeks ago really excited for fallout 76 and Mm -hmm. the beta for that in october so i'm like oh let's get back into fallout um so i turn on the xbox and graveyard keeper's already running and so i'm like yeah, yeah okay let's let's just finish because it saves when you go to bed like you're out of energy you go to bed it, your energy recharges the game saves so i'm like well i should finish this day uh so that the game saves and i won't lose my progress or whatever and i never made it to fallout that day oh no <laughs> buddy <laughs> it, <laughs> um yeah it's 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 one of it's one of those like it's one of those games like michaela we you know i was talking about it to her on the podcast last week and she's watched me play for a bit and i'm trying to convince her to try it and she legitimately sounds like uh like she's fucking like gone bungee jumping and gone skydiving and she sounds legitimately terrified of this game because like stardew pretty much ruled her life for six months and she's like i got all this stuff to do and i won't do any of it if i even look at this game for another second so um it is it's a lot of fun you met your it it, i like that it had like stardew i got into i probably only played for about 20 hours because it was like you know i lost sight of like why am i doing this there's no like like what is the end goal for this where this feels like it has more of a story and it's pretty dark too because like you can start doing stuff like oh like I'm going to start taking meat out of these corpses and selling them back to the townspeople so I can make more money. Um, Like it's fucking dark as shit in a lot of ways and uh, just has a really interesting story. And I don't know. I'm pretty into it. 
I'm pretty into it. And uh, if you like Stardew Valley, you'll probably love this game. My only issue with the game right now is uh, it's been patched actually a bunch of times on the PC version already, but the patching system's a little bit different on Xbox. Uh, so right now there are a lot of frame rate drops and stuff like that, but um, obviously I don't care because I played it for a whole day basically. So <laughs> uh, yeah, that's Graveyard Keeper. Um, you should try it. Uh, we'll see. I still haven't made my way far enough into Stardew Valley to really hit that addiction level. Mm. Um, but you should definitely, uh, introduce Michaela to Magic the Gathering. Yes. Yes. I have. Cause you hate money, right? Uh, you, pretty you, much. You like... hate having money on hand. You should just. Well, I mean, like, that's why I never had, like, that's why I don't have any. Cause it's like, I'm like, get rid of it. It's evil. <laughs> Here, Michaela, thing and, go buy some thing things. Instead. We've we've played we've dabbled into a little bit of magic. I have this really old like this. They used to sell these starter sets that actually mm-hmm. had like two pre-made decks that and a play guide, and so it taught you to play through actually playing because it would you it would be in a but you would put it in a specific order. Mm-hmm. Um, so it taught all the mechanics, and then it's like okay, now shuffle it and just play for real. And so we played that a few times, and she actually did really enjoy oh, it. But cool. we never got further than that but i'm hoping that with uh actually one of the things i was going to mention in the news section but at pax west uh they'll actually be showing off richard garfield the creator of magic the gatherings uh new game which is called Keyforge. Um, oh, yeah. yeah and so they they debuted it at uh gamescom no yeah. there was something a couple weeks before uh they debuted it a few weeks ago at, at- gen con Gen Con, yeah, they debuted yeah. at Gen Con a few weeks ago. Um, got a ton of buzz, um, and I—that's kind of when I obviously learned about it. And I think it sounds super cool because part of the big thing is like Magic was always super fun with my friends, but when it would be like, okay, I'm gonna go to Friday Night Magic or whatever, like unless you're doing like a draft, which drafts are very fun, but unless you're doing that, if you're just playing, it's like, oh, I spent more money than you, so I win. Like mm-hmm. that, it very much felt like that, and it very much felt like you know you have to buy a new set every three months because because. To, to stay competitive or whatever but part of what keyforge does is the decks are like there's like a trillion or a billion or a million deck different deck combinations out there and you buy a deck for to, like to, like there's no booster packs there's no deck building you buy a deck it's already assembled and you can't change it and so um so that kind of is i think that's really interesting because it takes out that like especially if it's like oh let's just go buy a deck and like start fighting each other or whatever like that's pretty cool and um you know, you buy, instead of buying boosters to build your own, you can buy decks to figure out which style suits you the best. Um, and, uh, you know, it kind of, I think it's really smart as well, because obviously there's a huge secondary market for Magic, where I'm buying, instead of buying packs, I'm buying this one card for $100, and that doesn't do anything for Wizards of the Coast, obviously. So, um, you know, unless I'm buying packs so I can get that card to sell it on eBay, but that's a whole other thing. But, uh, you know, there's no, there's not really a point of a secondary market, because if I want another deck, I'm just going to go buy it from the store for ten dollars or whatever so mm-hmm. uh anyways it sounds super interesting i am excited to try it out they're going to be demoing it at pax west um so i'm hoping to be able to see it firsthand and uh if michaela's michaela's there she'll probably get into it too yeah bring me with great. you I yeah no, it sounds, yeah it sounds good um so yeah, Graveyard Keeper, super fun. Uh, I also picked up recently uh, the Xbox One remaster of La Noir. Um, started playing that a little bit. Put probably an hour, an hour and a half into it. Um, fucking that game is so cool. Um, it's really interesting seeing 
it in because the the remaster is full it's like 4k it's hdr um, but of course it's still an older game and so it's like this it's kind of almost similar to what i experienced playing red dead redemption where it's like this like extremely sharp but still bad looking game like like it's mm-hmm. um you know because they 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 did a lot more you know in the with red dead redemption it's just it's just the xbox 360 version emulated but this is remastered so textures and stuff look a lot better um you know like a lot of the models look a lot better but it's still something where it's still a ps3 xbox 360 era game so the city doesn't look as developed as something you'd see in a game today um you know the sky is pretty bland like stuff that you now you don't even notice because it's just everything looks so real you're like oh this looks like shit in this game type thing but um it's a lot of fun. I, I never finished LNR back in the day, so I'm hoping to get to that point this time. But I just feel like it's... Uh, and and I fe- it came out like... Actually, I guess I wasn't that young when it came out. But I feel like I had much more trouble when it first came out with like, oh, I'm going to ask you this question instead of this question. Or I think you're lying. Like, I feel like I always got them wrong when I first mm-hmm. played. Um, and this time I've been having a much easier time with that. But it seems like a lot, it's it's a lot of fun. I love the story aspect of it. I love the presentation of it. Just the like different cases and the voiceover is just just like super well done. Um, yeah, it seems like a great port. It's super cheap now. I got it for like twenty dollars at EB Games, um, and uh, I loved it the first time around, and I was pretty gripped by it pretty much right away this time around as well. So um, that's that one. Uh, last thing we played. Um, it's actually I've never really looked into or heard much about the game, but uh, it was actually based on there's some like Reddit question about like oh what games do you play together with your partner or whatever, and someone mentioned like that their fiance wasn't or their partner wasn't a big gamer, um, which I'd say like Michaela's pretty into games now more than she thinks she is I would say, um, but uh, this person said was like oh you know my partner wasn't into games at all we've now put like. 200 hours into this seven days to die game and so i was like oh that sounds cool so we picked up a copy um and so it kind of feels like have you played this game at all do you have you heard of this game uh it rings a bell but i don't think i've played it so it's like a survival game um it's like an open world survival i think the point is just survive as long as you can um but you're just you're dropped into this environment. It's kind of it kind of feels like Minecraft, but more realistic and with zo- like I guess Minecraft is zombies too. But um, there's like zombies all over the place, and the world is like ended or whatever. And so you start with nothing, and like you literally you start. But and it's but it's confusing as fuck. Like it was like so you get a little a few mini missions to start to like help teach you the basics of survival. And so the first mission is like like gather a bunch of plant fibers so that you can build a bed um beds once you die you can choose to respawn at your bed um and then so you're not just in the middle of wherever on the map and so we are running around for, and there's a time because what happens is like when it gets to nighttime the zombies get stronger and faster and so so there's a time clock in the game clock's ticking up we're trying to find these plant fibers we're running all over the place we spend 30 minutes trying to find a single plant fi- and we're like oh there's one oh no it's just a flower like oh that must be it now and so we end up googling it and you have to punch grass and so when you punch the grass the, gra- the that turns into plant and and i mean at that point it seems very obvious but like when you're dropped into this world and you're like oh collect like there's a button to collect the cotton that's right here and there's a button to collect the flower that's over here and here you can collect this stone that's on the ground but you know unless you're told like why would i think to punch 
grass. But, you know, I, I, co- I, I cotton, know. this flower, that's a plant. Yeah. Why doesn't that give me plant fiber? So anyway, so it was, it, we are going through these basic missions and had to Google a lot of things. Um, but, and it, at that point, it felt fun. It's terrible looking. It's It's got awful graphics on the Xbox One. Yeah, but I looked it, it up. Has, yeah, it's not pretty. Uh, <laughs> um, but it has, apparently, it's really fun. It's got split screen, which is always something I'm in favor of. Um, so then Michaela's like running around. I've done all my, I've done all my basic, basic missions. Um, uh, so she's like, how'd you get an ax? How'd you get these clothes? And it's like, well, look in the corner of your screen and it'll tell you like, <laughs> but, uh, but then she's like out collecting stuff. And then this fucking zombie starts attacking her. Um, and at this point it's get like getting later in the day. So it's like dusk and she's trying to fight it and it like i can see her health just dropping drastically and i'm like you need to turn you need to run like just run away i don't know what happens when you die just run like so she turns she starts running away i'm like go in the house like go just go in the house and close the door and then i think that it became nighttime while she was so she's in the house there's a zombie banging on the door it doesn't seem to be making any progress or getting in or anything like that so i'm like okay this is like we're probably okay um and it's banging on the door all of a sudden it gets to nighttime and a bunch more zombies run around the house and i'm like outside somewhere else crouched by a tree um just kind of watching these zombies run towards the house and start and i'm like i i i don't know what to do i have two arrows for this bow that i just built uh and there's 10 zombies out there and uh, but i'm like the door seem to be holding up you're probably gonna be okay like they're just angry they want to get in but they can't because uh there's doors there um those doors broke down. They got in. She freaked out. She died. She's like, this game's stupid. I don't want to play it anymore. Um, so then we didn't. Uh, but I think we're going to try again because after that, what we did was, you know, we were like, that seemed to go very poorly. And that's literally the first day. So, like, how could we do better? And so we watched a couple of YouTube videos that were like, oh, do like you gotta you gotta find a city and you gotta find a building where you can get to the roof and take out the entranceway up to that roof so that you're safe for the nighttime like all this stuff because shit gets crazy at night and so um i feel like it was integral to watch those videos and if we do decide to try again it will go much better hopefully it seemed like fun like it felt it felt like a clunkier um, but more mature Minecraft type thing, but obviously less about the building part and more about just trying to survive. Um, but I, it it looked terrible, but I think I would give some more time for it. I think I would play it again. Nice. It looks like it has a cross-platform multiplayer, which would be cool. Oh, really? Uh, so... But it's very much like it. It's very much like a PC port. Like like yeah. most of the time, you have a cursor and you're dragging stuff around with a cursor, and it Ooh. feels clunky as shit. Um, especially in split screen, because it it was like like the video where you watch was like, oh, look over here, and it'll tell you this stuff. But I think because it was split screen, that information just didn't exist anymore because you're you're working with a smaller screen, and like mm-hmm. in terms of like beginning in this game it was like very not beginner friendly but i think it's one of those games where it's like oh i'm gonna play a few times and die a bunch and slowly figure things out from there um so i'm excited to try it again i want to reserve judgment but (laughs) excuse me um aside from it looking terrible it seemed like it could have some fun and memorable moments in there um that's pretty much it the only other thing after that we i was like okay well you know that you didn't have fun with that but what but if you try portal i think you'll have a lot of fun because she never played portal and i've been talking about getting her to play portal for a while and a couple months ago we all went to a retro video game expo um 
pretty near here. Um, and I picked up a copy of the orange box. And so we went to pop it in on the Xbox and then the Xbox starts freaking out. And it turns out the disc is so scratched that it can't even read it. Um, can't even get it to the point where it's like, oh, I see this is a game and I see that it's the orange box and I'm trying to load it, but it's pretty rough. Like it doesn't even recognize the disc at all. Um, that was kind of disappointing. So then I popped it out, look at it. It looks like, you know what the like early Xbox 360s, if you like moved the console at all while the disc was in it, it would like destroy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like it had been through that. And uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, was, was that the same guy that I got Wolfenstein from? It was. It oh, was mine works same. great, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And mine, mine was more expensive. My my ten year old orange box was way more more or was five dollars more than your uh, copy of Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein 2. Wolfenstein 2. Son of a bitch. Yep. Anyways. Use games, so, man. Am I right? Yeah. So she didn't get to play Portal yet. Is there a, is there a buy and sell at, at PAX? That I do not know. Well, we'll keep an eye out. Maybe we can score another copy for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's always eBay. Mm-hmm. It was just I was there and it was in my hand and this is why I'm buying this right now. Maybe um, we'll do that again. Yeah. Yeah. That could be it. Um. That's it for me. Why don't we move on to some news? Was there any news? I think there's a lot of news. Oh, okay. Uh, because we just went through Gamescom, so mm-hmm. there was a bunch of news announced, a bunch of reveals. Um, yeah. Was there was there anything specific that you thought looked neat? The only thing for me that really jumped out at me, because I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention, mm-hmm. um, but my... My two darling games, uh, Battletech, uh, got an expansion pack announcement, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a panel at uh, PAX, so I'm excited to check that out. Um, and it has um, the, the Battletech game is like a top-down tactics XCOM sort of thing, um, and this new update has like chained missions where you'll face off against the same enemy mercenary group uh, over the group, uh, course of three or four missions. Uh, adds a couple of new mechs and and some other features, um, and then. Uh, the only other thing for me was Ace Combat 7 got pushed back to January 2019, uh, which, which is fine. Um, it was when due- was it? A, when Yeah, oh, yeah. go on. Uh, so it was announced uh, for 2018 generically. Um, and from what I gather, it's been done or it's close to being done, uh, but they just didn't want to release it during that November push, holiday That's push. That's fucking smart of them because September to November is fucking packed. It's packed. Yeah, so uh, an early 2019 is like January 17th, I think. Um, so it's it's close enough to 2018. I'm not miffed. Uh, at least we know what's coming out. Uh, and it looks beautiful. They had a new trailer. I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to disappear for about a week right around then. <laughs> so um, did, you, did you ever play, I mean, I like just talking about Battletech and like the mech, mech type stuff. Did you ever play Steel Battalion? Uh, no, I've seen other people play it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on the YouTubes and stuff. Um, but no, I, it was a, a classic Xbox title, right? Yeah, it was, and it had that giant controller. Yeah, oh, I've seen it was the like controller. dollars. Yeah, I, I don't know why I, anybody thought that was a good idea to make a peripheral like that. Uh, it sounds like a great idea. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, how practical is it for literally anything else? I, I want, I feel like I saw something about a steel, steel battalion meetup at PAX. Really? Yeah. Can you send me that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, I will. I will try that. Uh, I'll look for it. Um, nice. <clears throat> I've always wanted to, though. What about you? 
up here. So I, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. Um, it, it, obviously, we're just a few months outside of E3, which is where all the big, big stuff happens. So it was a lot of like, oh, here's this, or we're confirming this, or this has a release date now, or whatever. Um, just a couple of quick things that I thought were pretty interesting. There will be no new Assassin's Creed in 2019. Um, obviously, they're working on and pushing Odyssey very hard, which looks fucking awesome. Um, yeah, I just love the whole like Spartan thing, and it looks like... I don't know how it fits timeline-wise, but it looks like you'll be playing through some of that classic 300 shit, which is uh, pretty cool. And um, I, I don't know. The game looks like... The, the, the game looks really neat. I put a little bit of time into or I have Origins. I've put it for like two hours into it and loved that two hours. And it's a fucking gorgeous game, especially on, you know, playing on the Xbox One X in 4K with the HDR. It looks absolutely beautiful. And I can't wait to see what they do um, for Odyssey. Um, but they also, like, obviously Assassin's Creed got to that point where they're doing yearly releases the quality is diminishing uh, and then you get something like unity comes out and then they take a break from there and so i i really respect that they are like they've come from there and released odyssey which has been regarded as basically the best one um and are now coming out with this super hyped assassin's creed did i say odyssey a moment yeah, ago? I, meant or, I meant origins they sound similar names similar names similar amounts of letters they start um, with o they start with o um and now coming through to Odyssey, which is one of the most hyped. Like I've been, I've seen more hype for this one than almost any other one in the past. I think, um, and then recognizing that and and committing to further developing and working on Odyssey versus you know pushing out another one eleven or twelve months later. I think that's pretty cool. And getting and just doing that at this point versus like going through that cycle again of like this one's a little bit worse this one's a little bit worse this one's a little bit worse this one's panned by everyone and has super weird bugs so now we're taking a break like i i just thought it was pretty cool um uh one thing that i was really excited by um coming from gamescom uh i'm a big fan of the developer super massive games um so they developed um they developed uh, Until Dawn, which became a big sleeper hit on the PS4 because Sony basically shunned it and was like, hey, well, here's this halloween e horror game. Let's put it out in August and give it no advertisement. Um, they've, they, they came back from that. They again went back to that universe with Until Dawn Rush of Blood for PSVR, which is a fucking blast and is often the game that I, um, you know, people are like, oh, I want to try VR. I'm like, try this game, and then it scares the shit out of them and they don't want to play VR anymore. But uh, <laughs> but it's fun to watch them do that. Um, uh, then they went on and did uh, the Hidden Agenda game for the PlayStation uh, um sub brand for whatever their cell phone game line is and we played that i had a lot of fun with that um i would like to go back to that and actually try out the competitive mode to see um what kind of hidden agendas actually lie um in the game but uh they announced a new not a game but a a, a brand in a series essentially and so um they announced a game uh, it's called the dark pictures anthology and so this time they're they've always been a second party basically for sony and so up to this point they've only released games for playstation platforms um but they're actually partnering up with uh, uh bandai namco or namco bandai whichever order uh, that goes in bamco bandai <laughs> namco <laughs> Uh, they have partnered up with Bamco for they've got it's called the Dark Pictures Anthology and so they they Bamco has ordered three games from them for this already. First one is called Man of Medan, um, and so it, they've released a trailer for that. It has a bunch. It's got like a bunch of pretty youngish people going on a boat and exploring like a, a underwater 
thing. Like what a, could possibly like a, go wrong? Yeah, and then like they come back up, and it's like something came with us, and they all start freaking out and stuff like that. So it looks fucking awesome. Takes place at sea. Um, there's not really it. It. I just love the idea that it, they are working on this anthology series. So, um, you know, it looks like like a lot of great TV. I feel like these days is doing that anthology thing where it's like they these are all going to feel similar um thematically and and are up to a certain certain level of quality but they're going to be different stories with different characters and whatever um yeah i i am glad that they're like they've definitely found their niche with until dawn and based on their treatment from sony regarding that game i didn't think we'd ever see anything similar to that and so the fact that they've broken out whether that was by their choice or by sony's or what and are going to continue to do what they do so well um i'm very excited to see that game uh happen um there's nothing but a trailer at this point so i don't know i i have not seen anything regarding a release date or anything like that but i will definitely be picking that up when it comes out um I read a is a pretty long form piece today um, from Polygon uh, about a visceral games project that never came to be, um, but it was called The Ripper, um, and it was a really long piece about uh, <laughs> the how this writer originally found out about the game was pretty amazing, and I think that if he hadn't, I don't know that anybody would have ever learned about this. So he, you know, a decade ago was over at EA to uh, do some press stuff for Dead Space. And so he goes up to the marketing person or the secretary, and they're like, oh, are you here for the Ripper? And he's like, huh? And <laughs> they went up the elevator to the Dead Space area, and he's like, please never say anything about this ever. Um, and so through that event, uh, you know, of course, all, uh, oftentimes at these press events afterwards, there's a party or you go for drinks or whatever. And so he went for drinks with a bunch of these people and eventually got a bunch of details on this game. And, you know, basically with the stipulation that like, you know, like we're telling you about this, but please don't talk about it until it's close to coming out. And it never came out. Um so this piece, the game sounded like it would have been controversial as fuck. So it was a game uh, called The Ripper. In the game, you play Jack the Ripper. Um, and But in this game, Jack the Ripper is actually a hero because his victims who used the real names of Jack the Ripper victims were, heroes, or were vampires in disguise. Um, and the game got to the point where it's like it's very much plot wise in jacks who's the the head lead character naturally is in his head because um you know are these people actually vampires is he just fucking crazy like that's up to you to decide whatever like sounds controversial sounds interesting as fuck but it also sounds really controversial um but the i i just thought the most more interesting than the game itself this article goes into like just how and why these blockbuster titles can change so drastically from someone or a group's idea of what they want this game to be to what it actually ends up being to getting canceled because it would cost less to just throw this $20 million that we spent on it away than to try to market it and sell it at this point. Um, but it was probably one of the most fascinating uh, gaming pieces I think I read this year. Um, they show some cool concept art and stuff like that. But like, like I said, more interesting than the game itself is the story of how it came to be, how it came to disappear. And then they like, like just weird shit. Like they, 
slow like it started you know there's going to be like a close-knit like melee game but then they're like oh we want to use the same like to save money and time you're going to use the same engine from dead space so now it's kind of more shooter oriented and like now it's already going away from the original vision and blah 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 and now because single player you know they talked about this being at a time when you could be like hey i want to make this single player game and people would be like oh yeah cool it's green lit like which doesn't often happen anymore um but then being forced to tack on a multiplayer component so that, you know, after they finish the story, they're not just going to go bring it to GameStop, which can sell it for $5 less than a new copy type thing. Um, so it was a fascinating story. I would definitely, if you're interested in anything that I just said, I would recommend reading it. It's probably a 10 minute read, but it's fucking just super interesting, super unique. Um, did you have a chance to check that out at all? Uh, I heard about it. I didn't actually read it. Um, there was definitely something in there about, um, Jack killing some vampire queens and normally the vampire bodies like disintegrate after you kill them, mm-hmm. but these ones don't mm-hmm. and they, and they use the names from the, from the actual victims. Mm-hmm. Sounds, sounds, it sounds really interesting, up, but, but it also so interesting as well. It also makes me kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting cause they've like, like a part, a lot of this article was built from like the writer got, like the developers, a lot of people that were developing it, they're like, okay, yeah, we'll talk about it, but you can't use our names. Cause obviously it's still NDA and right. talking about how this, this game, you know, then to try to keep some, to try to get some money out of it, they broke out the multiplayer component and announced another like multiplayer only game. And, you know, changed the graphics and changed the skins, but it was basically what they had made for the multiplayer component. And then that got canceled as well. And just like, uh, what a, what a story they, yeah, they said, like, they basically said it's at a time when, you know, you get something greenlit and then it disappears because the studio decides to go for another game instead. Um, one of the developers said, you know what they always tell budding game designers, if you want to make your opus, don't do it at EA because it's not going to happen. That sounds about right. I mean, they they take studios out back all the time. They do. They do. Um, visceral, uh, visceral, of course, being one of them eventually. Um, but yeah, I I loved reading that article, and I would definitely say to do so if uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just like it felt like an in like a little bit of a back backside look into how some of those things go and you know i feel like you see these games that you you see an announcement trailer and then two or three years later the game comes out and it's totally different and it kind of gave more insight into how and why that could happen or some of these people would be you know they're the company's priorities change so hey you're not on this game anymore you're on this game and that game finishes you go back to the your original game a year later and it's unrecognizable um or yeah do, do you think this was supposed to be a, a an assassin's creed killer uh, about uh, 10 years ago i think that sounds it's about interesting because right. they i think in the article they talk about the original i think originally they started planning it prior to assassin's creed coming out but then like once it did was like okay like this is some this could be something big because obviously assassin's creed kind of came out of nowhere and really reinvigorated that especially the historical mm-hmm. uh you know historical setting genre and then they basically from that point and this was of course you know of course we saw assassin's creed in london many many years later and it even had some jack the ripper themed dlc um yeah i don't know it's and it's interesting because now they like they say they had all these ideas and they would still be interesting interested in exploring them even though at this point at that time you hadn't seen a lot of these things that they were going to be doing but now a lot of them have popped up here or there or wherever in other titles and um i don't know i definitely got like 
as they're describing it in there, I got, I definitely got vibes from vibes of that vampire game um, from mm-hmm. Don't Not Entertainment that came out a couple months ago. Um, this sounds a little bit more interesting than that game turned out to be, in my opinion. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited for the TV show for that one though. That'll be interesting. We'll, we'll see. It's McG, so I mean, I love mm-hmm. McG. His name is three letters. Yeah, you would. It's because he's spending less time brightening his name out and more time blowing shit up. Uh, you're not wrong. His signature he, must be really short. Didn't he? Didn't he? I didn't hate Terminator Salvation. I I didn't love Terminator Salvation. Oh no, I didn't either. But I didn't hate it. Yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't he produce the OC or something? Maybe that's not really my jam. He did produce. He co-created the OC. So I love McG. Okay. Uh, we got a Call of Cthulhu trailer. It looked really good. I thought it looked kind of janky. It looked like it definitely needed some more work to be done. Well, I thought I, I just watched it before we started here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big fan of Call of Cthulhu and the RPG and the HP Lovecraft stories and stuff. So this is right up my alley. Um, now, I haven't played any of... Uh, what's the studio called again? Uh, Cyanide? No. Something like that? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, but they also make the Sherlock Holmes games. Uh, and it looks like a very similar... Which I've heard good things about. Yeah. Um, I definitely thought that the trailer nailed um, the the tone and setting. It is cyanide. It is cyanide. cyanide. Yeah. Um, and it, it definitely felt like what I would expect a Call of Cthulhu game to, to feel like and look like. So I'm really excited to see what comes out. I just thought it looked a little rough around the edges. Uh-huh. Um, and that's and I should allow so like it looked a, it definitely looked a bit janky but like atmosphere wise cool. yeah. it looked phenomenal um, but not yeah it definitely needs some more polish before it comes out I think it it doesn't have a October thirtieth is the release date so they've still got Halloween. a few months yes yes um, but yeah it, like like it definitely like especially in some of the animations I thought like characters yeah. kind of just clip a bit um, but atmospherically i was like holy sh-, like two seconds of this trailer i was like holy shit i'm in like it yep. looks fast like i can't wait yep. uh, and i don't know anything about cthulhu really except that he's a giant squid thing mm-hmm. and that we played that house on betrayal on the house on the hill and he got me one time or was i him i, I don't know i don't remember um but no it looks really good uh, i don't think there's been we haven't seen a call of cthulhu game since dark corners of the earth back in like i don't know 2004 Something like okay. that. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been like Xbox One, and that was based on a short story. Xbox One or Xbox One? Sorry, the original Xbox, the Xbox Classic <laughs> Edition. Um, and that was based on uh, a particular short story called Shadows Over Innsmouth, uh, whereas this one looks like it's a generic Lovecraftian story in the same vein that the RPG would have a scenario that you would play, right? Okay. Um, so the pen and paper game. Um, so uh, it doesn't... I can't tell how much it's actually cribbing from the short story versus how much it's it's taking the the RPG system and the the themes from that and translating that into a game uh, rather than adapting a specific short story. But uh, I'm really excited to see how it plays um, and what uh, what we get to to, to experience uh, in that game. Yeah, it, um, I'm down. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, Just polish it up a little bit, guys. It doesn't take much for me to be in, but I, I know mean, I've met you before. Yeah, I love everything. That's why we're going to the marketing panel. Gonna have... uh, <laughs> um, you you put this one in the notes, but one thing that I thought looked fucking awesome is there's a new Nintendo Labo kit coming out. Yeah, um, and so it's a vehicle kit, and so 
it is its main function. So it's it's compatible with Mario Kart 8. And so it's a big wheel thing and a pedal and you can play fucking Mario Kart 8 with this thing. I did one thing I didn't know is does it have software like does it come with its own software as well and the Mario Kart 8 thing is like a bonus or is that its specific purpose is to play it in Mario Kart? Uh from what I can think of off the top of my head and thinking about the older Labo kits because uh, they always come with like they come with a thing themselves. It, in most cases, the trailer says vehicle kit plus MK8. So I bet you it's a it's a software bundle. Uh, oh, it um, just comes it comes with Mario Kart. That's my guess. Uh, okay. And then you'd probably get the Labo kit separately. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I can tell, it it just uses your generic um, controls, um, mm-hmm. Mario Kart 8 controls. So I don't see why you wouldn't be able to use this with other racing games that use similar features. Uh, it just uses like the fair. controller rotation and stuff. Maybe the the motorbike might not so much, but. The, the wheel and gas pedal for sure. Uh, yeah, it looks well. And they, um, they of course had that uh, motorbike kit um, that came, I think, with the standard play kit. But that they added Mario Kart 8 support to that before. So I feel like that's pretty funny. Like I could definitely see a living room of kids all with these like weird cardboard cutouts oh, yeah. that they're fucking playing Mario Kart with. And by kids, I mean like myself and my friends. Yeah, we could do if, it if Michaela would let me buy one. If the kit's cheap enough, yeah. We could do that and be fun. They, on, they do go on sale quite regularly. I've seen them for as low as like 50 bucks, which seems like a lot for cardboard. But it does. Oh, can't you just print out the stencil and then make your own? Is that like pirating though? No, I think they like offered the stencils up on the website. Oh, really? Yeah. So you can buy like the official like corrugated cardboard branded ones. Well, I guess the big thing would be like you already have Mario Kart 8. Like here's your cardboard thing. But with the other ones, they're still useless because you're, what you're really paying for is the software, of course. Mm. Oh, and I think the expectation is is that kids are going to break them, uh, and this way you can, you know, dad can go out to the store, buy a sheet of cardboard, and make his own. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I think that's pretty much it for me, news-wise, except yeah. the Cyberpunk 2077 screenshots were amazing from Gamescom, and I can't wait until whatever year that games come games come out in game comes out in uh and also this the fact that they said it's not done but the fact that you can now play the game from start to finish uh that seems like a big step and a big accomplishment for a title like this mm. yeah uh, i would i don't know just give it to me now yeah uh looks pretty cool uh, i'm super excited uh, i've played a little bit of the witcher 3 and mm-hmm. i really like it i just don't mm-hmm. have the time um but i love that cyberpunk stuff so i'm gonna be all over yeah. it yeah, and The Witcher 3 was... I think The Witcher 3 is the only game that I started and finished this year. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I finished as in uh, completed the main story. I did a lot of side quests. Haven't touched the DLC yet because that's another 40 hours or something like that. Something insane like that. So I bought the DLC, but I'm like, I'm going to play some other games before coming back to this. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's Maybe time. I should go back. When is Maybe. it not Witcher time? Really? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I got so fucking into that. Like, I was like, I'm going to read the comic books. I'm going to listen to the audiobooks. The books are really good. What a world. Started watching the no clip documentaries on YouTube, which are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, just from just about CD project red and their inception. And they started just by localizing games into like the, like Poland and um, <laughs> like eventually got their, sh- like got a shot on their own and uh, bought the rights to the Witcher for like basically no money because mm-hmm. they didn't have any money because they barely existed. And then Bioware gave them a spot at E3 one year, like in their booth, they got a corner and um, I really interesting document. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but that's okay. I like hearing I you gush about the stuff you love. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, you're welcome. At least there's someone. That's because I only get it in small doses. 
Yeah, right. Just wait till we're a few weeks in, and uh. you'll be like, Derek talks too much, like Courtney does. <laughs> We've already had this talk. <laughs> Um, for me, uh, the only uh, I wanted to mention a couple of other things. Um, mm-hmm. There is a Square Enix game on Steam called The Last Remnant. Uh, it looks like it's a little bit older, um, but it is being delisted on September fourth. Uh, it's only about ten bucks, but if uh, if that's something you may find yourself interested in one day, uh, pick it up because you won't be able to anymore after mm-hmm. September fourth. And the last thing I wanted to mention was Nvidia announced a bunch of new GPUs, uh, and you will have to sell a small child to afford one. Or a kidney. Or a kidney. At least one kidney is what I've I been put looking in the notes. At, I've been trying to find out about that whole kidney cell thing. Uh-huh. And you got two. It's led to nothing. But What about like a liver portion? Because that'll regrow, the, right? I heard that even with a very small piece of the liver left, it, the whole thing can grow back. Mm-hmm. So does that mean I could sell multiple small pieces of liver? Probably. Hmm. I wonder what the turnaround time is on that. Like... You can only do it once every six months. How long does it take for the liver to regrow? Well, I mean, just like cut half of it out of me and then cut that into 10 little chunks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right? Like... Yep. Um, but yeah, so these new NVIDIA GPUs apparently have uh, ray tracing features, which is really cool, um, which allows uh, rendering through mirrors and, and whatnot, and it actually traces the way that, that light moves through a space, uh, which has kind of been the holy grail for, uh, for real-time 3D for quite a while. Um, I don't know if it's going to be quite where it needs to be yet, but it's definitely a start. Uh, they've announced that they've got six times more performance than their, I think it's the Pascal uh, uh-huh. class graphics cards. Um, but you're looking at like 500 to 1000 bucks for your graphics card, and I'm not made of money. I wish I had a gaming PC sometimes. Yeah, mine's getting up there. It's about time. But then other times I look at my unplayed Xbox or PlayStation games, and I'm like, I don't need to add another platform to that list. That's fair. I don't blame you. But games are cheap on Steam, though. They can be. Like The Last Remnant. Until September 4th? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yes. Uh, not really my jam, but it's worth noting. For sure. I think, was that... Did they give that away for free on Xbox when when the backwards compatibility thing first came out? I think... I feel like The Last Remnant was free. Or it might have been, like, the Blue Dragon or something. Uh, Dragon's Dogma? No. No? No. I, I don't know. I don't know either. Because uh, I... Cause I grabbed it for free and never played it nice i would just hate for somebody to miss out on a classic squeenix game mm-hmm. right delisting mm-hmm. always sucks uh yeah yeah uh was there any other news that you were excited for uh pax west woo pax west less news but pax west is approaching quickly as in five days from now we yeah. will be pax westing um i would love to know just because this obviously will be the last episode out before we're planning a few episodes during the convention, just about impressions and what we've played and how cool PAX is, because this will be the first time going, really, for much of us, uh, for many of us. Um, what are you looking forward to seeing or doing or playing? All the things. I've never been to Seattle before, so that's going to be big for me. What? You've never been to Seattle before? Nope. Like, like you've Le- not... Never. I have flown over Seattle. Wow. Um, so that's going to be fun and hanging out with you guys is going to be great. Um, as far as like actual pack stuff, there's a, um, again, uh, a battle tech panel, uh, about converting the pen and paper tabletop game to a, a PC game, uh, mm-hmm. by the head of Hairbrain studios that developed it, Jordan Wiseman, uh, who also developed the original battle tech and uh, shadow run games. Uh, so I think that's gonna be really interesting for me. Uh-huh. Uh, there is uh, an Akhtung Cthulhu 
uh, demo that I've been invited to. Um, I thought it looked a little rough around the edges. I think that's a theme for Cthulhu games. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's a tactics XCOM-y sort of game, so I, I'm interested in checking it out. I've got a speedrun panel that looks cool. Um, we we have a mutual friend, uh, Derek and I, that's big into speedrunning, and he suggested that we check that out. Uh, and I think the only other big one for me is the Xbox Adaptive Controller uh, panel, which I think is going to be mm, really neat. Uh-huh. Not that I have issues with, with you know disabilities or anything, but I feel like that's a need that's very rarely met in this industry. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how the Adaptive Controller changes how we think about controllers in general. Mm-hmm. Even the description for that panel was like, like just talking about how they it's going to be about how they approach the community and was like what do you guys like what do you need in a controller um and just about the development process as a whole i think that sounds really fascinating Mm -hmm. um so that's going to be cool there's one about video game marketing that we've mentioned it a couple of times uh it's just video game marketing done right and wrong Uh, i'm hoping it kind of delves into the ethics of that because i feel like games marketing um it's not as ethical or as transparent as it should be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that needs to change. And on a related note, there's a panel about the rapidly changing world of games journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as someone who is not a games journalist yet, maybe, um, I think that would be really interesting to see what the landscape looks like now and what direction that it should go in going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it for me. How about you? Um, there's so much to be yeah, excited know, for. Right? There's so much I'm looking forward to. I am really excited for, of course, we just saw last week the uh, official trailer for Life is Strange 2. Um, there is a expanding the Life is Strange universe panel coming up on Friday. Um, there, they've announced that, I can't remember, I can't recall if it's four or six issues, but there's a comic book coming out. Um, obviously, the world has expanded with things like Captain Spirit and stuff, uh, introducing us to Life is Strange 2 and everything like that. So I'm really excited for that. Um, there's also a Life is Strange meetup later that night hosted by the folks from What's Good Games, which is probably one of my favorite gaming podcasts, um, if not favorite aside from Geekscape Games. Um, save that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm also going to – excuse me. I'm also going to be spending some time um, – playing uh dying light 2 um so i reviewed the first game for geekscape when it came out back in 2015 and probably remains aside from like the walking dead game which i don't know if it really counts it probably remains my favorite like zombie themed game ever i would say so to be able to play the second one uh well before it comes out sounds like a fantastic opportunity um I am also really looking forward to Bethesda is hosting a two. Yeah. So there's the Bethesda gameplay days um, just across the street from the convention center. I think it's at the hard rock hotel or something like that, or the hard rock cafe rather. Um, And so they are going to be uh, like showing off obviously a bunch of their currently playable stuff, but I believe they'll also have um, they're also going to have uh, the Elder Scrolls Blades playable and a number of other titles, and are you know have these cool T-shirts for for attendees and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to trying that out as well. Um, what else was there? There's I feel like there's so much. Um, the video game marketing panel sounded pretty cool as well. Um, uh, oh, there's a game called uh, the it's called the the Blackout Club, and so it's made by some. Um, a lot of the developers worked on things like Bioshock and stuff like that. And so this is a uh, multiplayer game and you're, I think you're like, it's kind of Stranger Things-esque as well. And so you're a group of kids and you're trying to like solve like 
like mysteries or something like that. And so it's a multiplayer game. Uh, and I thought that sounded super, super cool. Um, but I'm excited for that. Um, I think those are probably the biggest things I'm looking forward to. I, I just love, like, I always love the experience of just walking these floors as well. Like, um, we did have an, so last year, uh, Michael and I drove down to Seattle during one of the days of PAX, uh, to visit Courtney and, and Shane was down there as well, going to PAX. Um, and we took their badges for half an hour or 45 minutes and just literally basically ran across the floor and, I'm excited to do that, but with no time limit. It's, it's one of the big things for me because I feel like like we were literally just walking walking aisle to aisle and being like, holy shit, that looks cool. Holy shit, that looks cool. Holy shit, that looks cool. To like so many things. And, and it'll be interesting. You know, we're going this year and, you know, we're in a different – it's a different – sense of it because we have appointments and we have times to go play these games but um you know there's going to be the vast majority of these things would have slipped through the cracks in either they're too small to start sending out emails or you know i just didn't get a chance to look at it or whatever and so it's going to be interesting to see what catches my eyes um like when we're actually down there uh and i'm really excited for that as well because it just seemed like it seemed like an awesome game like video games comic con's obviously really cool and really big and really fun but it's so massive and so like varied like between comics and movies and television and a night and virtual reality and some video games and 95 other things like it's so hard to focus and you know i feel like the last couple of years i've not been as, i've not read as many comics i'm not as well versed or comfortable with that but gaming has always been something that's like i'm into and i'm up on and everything like that so in terms of like being able to go and be comfortable and be uh able to talk to or talk about these things um i think i'm excited for that um I'm excited to see Michaela go as well. I, I think that's something that's pretty big for me is she's, this is her first, like we've gone to press, we've gone as press to Emerald city comic con and the fan expo Vancouver, which are cool. Um, but she's like, this is the first time she's really taking appointments. She's going to be going off on her own and doing interviews and playing games and everything like that. And I'm really excited to see what she is able to do and come up with after that. I think it's really cool for me. She's all freaking out. Um, she probably doesn't want me to share this, but <laughs> she's all freaking out and like, I'm so nervous and whatever, what do I do? What do I say? And I, I just feel like I am so confident in her abilities and uh, I think she doesn't give herself enough credit and I think she's going to do great. So I'm excited to see what comes from all of that. Yeah. 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 Me too. Pa uh, Pax West. Pax West. Pax West. Um, yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be mm -hmm. a good weekend. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a game called Bee Simulator that Michaela's going to be playing and it sounds fucking amazing because oh you're a bee. Oh yeah. And yeah. Cool story. Need I, need I say more? Yes. Uh, Michaela is also going to be playing. There's a new Leisure Suit Larry game coming out. And I feel like that yep. sounds right up Michaela's alley. Yeah, and it is. So, yeah, right. <laughs> and so um, I'm really excited for her to play that and be like, what the fuck did I just play? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but moving on, the last section of every episode of Geekscape Games is our mission objective. Um, and the question this week is, why don't we more often see open worlds be reused uh because every time somebody tries it everybody throws a hissy fit do they really do you remember when far cry primal came out not really oh i do people were like what do you mean it's the same map even though it's kind of different how could it be this the same map as what one of them is prehistoric. Uh, as far cry 3 i think how is that possible well they just reskinned the existing world mm. but it's the same uh geometry for the most part but 
But what's wrong with that? Nothing. People just threw a hissy fit. (laughs) Same when uh, Metal Gear Survive came out. People were like, this is the same as the Afghanistan map. Fuck that game. Why couldn't you? Well, I mean, there's a lot of issues with that game. But the least of which was um, that a good chunk of it was reused assets, right? Mm -hmm. And I think people get a little uppity when their $60 goes towards a game that reuses assets, even though that happens all the time. That's fair. Yeah, I, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, the other issue um, is that, you know, developers want to do their own thing um, and they, they don't want to be constrained by, you know, somebody else's work. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'd be okay with seeing more of that. Like, I, I I feel like, one, especially, like, we're starting to see a lot of games, for instance, that, like, they're set in quite realistic depictions of real places. And those places don't change that frequently. Like, why, you know, I, I, I feel like I don't, typically if i'm playing an open world game that's set in a you know a big city or a big environment or whatever i feel like i'm not typically that aware of the map itself or what's happening in the map like i'm not playing it for the map i'm playing it to to like figure out this character's story or to go to that you know go from a to b to get to my next mission or whatever like um you know stuff like like I would love to see another, you know, and especially that some of these games have these such incredible worlds and to only tell one story in that world seems mm-hmm. crazy. Like, you know, places like, well, and, and that said, like, for instance, the Witcher three got some 30 hour long DLC and that's basically, that's the length of a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and that, and that was celebrated. That was celebrate. You know, this is the same. I think it's the same map. I think you're playing in the same world, mm-hmm. but it's it's like a new game at that point and people celebrated that is it because you're getting so much content for less money at that point or or what but why you know we're seeing a spider-man game spider-man spider-man has to be in new york we're seeing a spider-man game next week or the week afterwards two years from now i just got the hiccups two years from now because i'm so excited for spider-man and pax and fallout 76 i'm gonna die um you know, two years from now, three years from now, another Spider-Man game comes out and they're like, hey, it's in New York again. And mostly it's the same, but it looks a little bit better because, you know, we're on the PS5 now. Are people going to be mad at that? Like, I I, I just don't understand it because I've never, aside from being like, oh, this map's pretty cool. Like, I've never consciously been like, uh, you know what? I wish this game was a different map because this, you know, is, streets can only look so different and they're full of buildings and uh, people got to walk around them. And, and, you know, unless we're talking Far Cry Primal where we're going to prehistorics. And in that case, I probably never would have known that it was the same map. Um, I don't know. I don't get it. I would love to see. I would, you know, bring <laughs> me back to fucking Washington and follow it. Like, bring me back to the Fallout 3 map because that map, like, I well, and that said, I don't really remember the map aside from like the White House and shit. I remember the fucking journey to find my dad. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't get it. I just thought it was a it was it was a question that I saw online, and I thought it was a really interesting question because I've it has literally never crossed my mind before. But I'm like, these worlds must be so much work. And aside from a few specific, you know, we saw Grand Theft Auto Three, and then we saw Liberty City Stories, or or Vice City and Vice City Stories, or whatever. Like, aside from a very few. Like I don't have that many examples, but these games, like, what if, what if we could get this game like a year sooner because the map is like similar to the last map they made or something like that? That sounds great. Well, games are so that. expensive to to produce and to develop these days. I mean, mm-hmm. why not take that shortcut? You know, mm-hmm. even if you're only using the the level geometry and you know throwing new textures on everything, it's still a huge amount of work off your plate. Yeah, 
definitely. I don't know. I don't know. I thought that was pretty crazy, but it was a cool question to discuss. I thought for this week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I and just give me more. Uh, just give me more games to buy. Give yeah, me faster, yeah. faster games. I'm in for. I'm into the story. I don't care about the environment that much. No. Yeah. Uh, Arkham Origins, uh, the Batman game, mm-hmm. uh, apparently used large swaths of Arkham City in its map, mm-hmm. uh, and people. I mean. Again, that game had issues for other reasons, but yeah, that was like that was the worst one. But mm-hmm. like, it's an Arkham game. Why would it not be? It's going to be in and around Arkham and Gotham City, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but mm-hmm. and and part of it, I mean, is because they we tend to see these on less than well reviewed games, and I think it's just another checkbox mm-hmm. in the list of reasons why not to pick up a game. You know, if somebody's looking at that list, you know, oh, I've, I've done this before. I don't. I don't need to pick this game up. Yeah. But, um, but then, well, yeah, I guess that's true. Cause some other times it's like, you know, when you're playing, what was it like Pokemon gold and you finish it oh. or you think so. And then it's like, Oh my God, it's basically the whole last Pokemon game is still left to play after that. That's Praise the that's the, he did so yeah, good. exactly. But now it like, but I guess you had a whole nother new game on top. I don't know. It's uh, so confusing. And there were enough changes so many to, layers. to Johto or sorry, to Kanto in, mm. uh, in gold and silver that I think it really justified going back there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it had been the same as red and blue and green Canto, I feel like it would not have been reviewed nearly as well. It would have been, mm-hmm. Hey, we've got more of this thing we've already seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there... then I, I can't give you a new, like you give us a new story in this same map. Oh, that's terrible. But you charge me $60 for the same game that I'd played 10 years ago, but with better graphics. And it's like, Oh my God, I'm in love. Oh well, yeah, I know. Right. And there's no winning. I think there is no, I think that is the, that is the, like, that is the outcome. There's no winning. There, there's no, unless you make an otherwise flawless game, then you can reuse assets, right? If there's anything people, wrong with people it. People will still complain. Pe- people will mention it. I, uh, they'll probably still look favorably upon your game. But if, if you're making a cheap cash in game, maybe don't reuse all of the, the city assets just in case. Mm-hmm. You know, why didn't people, when they made... When Elder Scrolls Online Morrowind came out, people were like, oh my god, we're going back to Morrowind, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. But, now, uh, now, is that set later on than Morrowind I Classic? Don't I don't know. Cause I'm there, not sure. I mean, there's definitely something to be said about revisiting that nostalgia of a place you've already been. Yeah. Um, especially with something like... Is it? Yeah, that's true. From a nostalgia purpose, is it? Is it, I played this map two years ago... Yeah. I'm not interested in it, but now I have an opportunity to experience it again in a different setting, mm-hmm. sort of 10 years after I originally played it. Is that different? Is that better? But then it's at that point, it's, a, well, and then I don't, oh my God. Wow. Yeah. I mean, going back to, to Tristram in Diablo 3 or in Diablo mm-hmm. 2, like, you know, it's it's a kind of a big deal to go back to that place where it all began. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they reused assets, but it's a similar type of nostalgia feeling, right? Yep. And I think it really depends on how you use those assets. Uh, if you're going to be reusing them. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, no, I think you nailed it on the head, though, with uh, you can't win. <laughs> no, not have, have you met gaming fandom? You can only lose. Uh, you lose or you lose. Yeah. There's no winning. You either, you either lose big or bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just old or, and cynical now. Uh, young, Maybe you're young and cynical. And that, too. That's all right. PAX is soon. It will reinvigorate my love of all the gaming for a one month. For one month. Two to three weeks. Yeah, a fortnight. Ooh. Ooh. 
Man, I am excited. For when Fortnite Save the World goes free, though, I am excited to play that. That sounds interesting as hell. You've you played that a bunch, didn't you? I, I have spent money on that. Um, oh, my gosh. For I, less than good reasons, but that's you've, okay. You've, you've in-app purchased? Is that what you're saying? No. No, I just oh. went on the website and bought it. Oh, I see. Because I play it on PC just, like a normal person. I love a person. good in-app purchase. I know you do. Um, oh, but, like... You know, you'll be able to play on PC. I'll be able to play on Xbox. Yeah, hit me uh, up. And not PS4. Oh, I guess you could play on PS4 as well. I think I already tried to tie my account to my PlayStation account, so I might be SOL. Oh, you're done. I don't know. Well, but then, uh, mm. unless they... Ah, uh, what, what a dick. Uh, uh, Sony! That's so frustrating. I know. I love Sony uh, for a lot of reasons. That is not one of them. No. We could complain about Sony all day, but I think we should probably wrap it up. Yeah, maybe next week. Week after. Maybe next week. Next week is Pat. You yeah. know, is Sony going to be there? They're going to be like, play Fortnite on our console or else. Mm, they might. Anyway. Um, anyways, where can people find you online, Jake? Uh, I'm on social media at, at Jake Skelcher. Um, we'll have spelling in the show notes. Um, and uh, I'm still consolidating all of my gaming platform usernames. So we'll leave that out for now. Uh, and I am at dcranavelt on Twitter and I am CaptainK17 across pretty much every gaming platform Um, but yeah that's it for this week and we'll see you live from PAX in uh, the coming days Uh, bye bye Bye. hey Geekscapist Jonathan the Podfather here and when I first started Geekscape back in 2006 it was just a podcast but then it grew into a podcast network and a community and the whole plan was to turn it into a production company so we could make cool films and TV ideas and all sorts of stuff for you guys we'll always be doing the podcast but right now I want to let you guys know that we're running a Seed and Spark campaign for one of our first original productions and this is a co-production with Dweeb Darlings and Fonco Studios called Stocking LeVar it's a continuation of the web series Stocking LeVar if you go online go to YouTube or dweebdarlings.com and look for Stuck in LeVar and you guys will find a pretty fun two seasons of this show. We're going to make a short film out of it, but we're going to need your help. So go to seedandspark.com, search Stuck in LeVar, as in LeVar Burton, and you'll find our project. Listen, if you can't donate, it's okay. Just follow and share. That'll help us out a whole lot. And then if you can donate, as some of your fellow Geekscapers have, we'd appreciate that too. The campaign's going to be running for a while, so I really, really appreciate you guys checking it out. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Returning. So it's time to put down the Fortnite. No, give me to put down the Fortnite. It's time to put down the Fortnite. Tonight's the night to pull the plug.
changed our room around so you could play. But school is starting, so we're putting it away. Before we do, I'll check it out to see what all this Fortnite fever's all about. Hey, what are you doing? What day is it? It's Thursday. What? Yeah, I got a feeling. That now I'm addicted to Fortnite. I have stolen my children's Fortnite. And now I'm addicted to Fort Fortnite. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday to Sunday. My productivity is way, way down. I don't care cause I just want a battle royale. so much to our Facebook family. You send us really funny Fortnite videos. Our favorite may be the kids who got a new puppy. And they're completely ignoring it. Look at that poor puppy. We're the Holiness family on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We have another back to school parody next Monday. Come back and check it out. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay. Why are you recording me?